Hi everyone, I'm Michael Martinez, and welcome to the Sports Pack 12 podcast show. This is the first time I'm on the air for the SportsPack12.com website. So for you first-time listeners, let me give you a little bit of a background of who I am. I may uh, play my college football at UCLA. I was a defensive nose tackle there. I worked in radio for a number of years now. I was also drafted by the Los Angeles Angels out of high school. I was a catcher, but drafted as a pitcher. So that's a little bit of my sports background uh, in my uh, in my uh, yesteryear. But uh, looking forward to having the podcast here and looking forward to interacting with you folks. On the podcast, I'll be talking about a wide variety of topics that's related to Pac-12 football and basketball. Of course, with a heavy emphasis on UCLA and the Pac-12 conference news that I find interesting. So I hope you'll join me on a bi-weekly basis so that we can get uh, all caught up with the Pac-12 activity going forward in the 2020 season. So I'll tell you what, let's get started. And uh, Today I'm, gonna, I'm really going to emphasize going in, into the detail about the, uh, the dire state of UCLA p- football program under the leadership of G- Chip Kelly, who by all accounts up to now has been a, an abysmal failure. Kelly's going into, into his third year as the head coach, and he has not he has a, yet to produce the kind of results that everybody had hoped he would produce when he was hired as the head football coach. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in greater detail as the show goes on. But first, let's kind of take a look around the Pac-12 and some of the things I find interesting I want to discuss with you. Uh, I welcome your questions. So if you have any questions for me, just uh, go to sportspac12.com. Go to the mailbag page and shoot me your, your question, and I'll get back to you as quickly as possible. Some of the interesting Pac-12 news, though, I find intriguing are two of the new head coaches in the Pac-12, one in the north and one in the south. The new north head, head coach is at Washington State for the Cougars. As uh, Mike Leach, the pirate, leaves and heads over to Mississippi State in the SEC, Nick Rolovich from Hawaii comes over and takes his place as the new head coach for the for the Washington State Cougars. Now, Rolovich had some success over at Hawaii after he took over for the failed uh, uh, Norm Chow. Uh, he was there for four years from 2016 to 2019. Heck, in, uh, in Nick Rolovich's first year, he took uh, Hawaii to a 6-7 and seven season into their first bowl invitation and appearance since 2010. So uh, he came out of the gate firing and actually he beat Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl he beat I mean excuse me he beat uh, Middle Tennessee in the Hawaii Bowl 52 to 35 Rolovich is known for his uh, wide open explosive offense he runs the uh, run and shoot offense that he ran as a former Hawaii uh, 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 quarterback under then head coach June Jones so he's kind of incorporated that whole offensive style into his coaching uh, had some success, some success, like I said, over at Hawaii, and he's going to implement it here too with Washington State. Of course, Mike Leach ran that air raid offense, which was highly successful, has made Mike Leach a household name as far as the uh, passing coaching gurus. Uh, so it's similar. Uh, the core of that offense will, will be based heavily on a passing game. So, you know, they throw the ball 40, 50 times a game all over the field, spread, spread the offense get uh, guys in, uh, in space and, and have your your athletic guys, you know, make plays. So Rolovich is going to bring a very open, uh, high-paced, fun, exciting type of offense, much like Mike Leach had. It's not going to be that much different. So uh, folks are looking forward to, I think it was a good get for Washington State. 
I think uh, Rolovich has uh, made himself a name over at Hawaii, and I think he'll roll in fine over at um, Washington State. In his, he finishes stint over at uh, at Hawaii in, in the Mountain West, uh, beating San Diego State in the Mountain West Championship game, 14 to 11. And that year, he was named Mountain West Coach of the Year in 2019 in a 10-win season. So, Rolovich is going to be interesting over at Washington State. I don't think the Cougars are going to miss a beat with him at the helm now. They've had some graduation issues, um, but uh, I think Rolovich has enough nucleus there, base of talent offensively and defensively to be competitive uh, of course it's always the question of defense He's never a question of offense for Nick Rolovich's teams so that'll be the same case this year over at, at uh, Washington State when he takes the helm there so that'll be an interesting team to watch in the uh, north division uh, Mike Leach has, has him on a good track I think Nick Rolovich will continue to keep him on a good track I'm just going to be very curious to see how he makes the adjustment defensively, not so much offensively, because offensively he has that system down pat. So they'll be highly productive again, wide open, run and shoot uh, type of offense. So I think that's a very good addition to the North Division um, for the Washington State Cougars. The second uh, team I find very interesting is, is the Colorado Buffaloes in the South Division. Now, the Mel T- Tucker, the former head coach who was there only one year, who had come over from Georgia, and uh, didn't do didn't do too bad. You know, he had uh, he had a relatively uh, pretty good year there at uh, Colorado for his first year, but he leaves. He left and went on to uh, Michigan State, where he became where he's the Michigan State Spartans' new head coach. So after one year, he's gone. Colorado, of course, went on the hunt for a new coach. And I was surprised, to be very honest with you, that they chose Carl Durrell, former head coach at UCLA from 2003 to 2007. He had a five-year stint at UCLA, his alma mater, where he was eh, just so-so. He really only had really one good year, I would call good, uh, in 2005. He was 10-2 and two overall, and that was a pretty good season. But four of the five years that he was at UCLA was just... Uh, very mediocre. Won six, six games, five games. He really didn't break out to be any kind of uh, with any kind of notoriety there at UCLA. Very average results, as far as I'm concerned. I would have thought Colorado would have gone after a bigger name, because the last time Carl Durrell coached in college football was in 2014, when he was the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Vanderbilt. So he's only been a head coach once in his lifetime, and that was at UCLA from 2003 to 2007 had moderate success if if any at all it wasn't just wasn't very impressive and then of course like I said uh, 2014 with Vanderbilt he has spent the majority of his coaching career in the NFL has a lot of NFL experience so uh, it'll be interesting now he does come back to Colorado he coached there once in 1995 to 1998 four years as the offensive coordinator wide receivers coach so you know it's kind of a, a repeat performance for Carl Durrell I really don't see him um, making any headway there uh, early on. The team wasn't uh, well-stocked when Mel Tucker took it over from Mike McIntyre when he left. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Carl Durrell and his staff makes the transition over there at uh, Colorado in the South Division. I expect them probably to get maybe four or five wins this year, if that at all. Um, you know, they, they, lose, uh, they lose quite a few guys on offense. Uh, 
so it's uh, especially their uh, the, the big guys, the wide receiver, uh, Stephen Lafont. I can't pronounce it. Forgot to pronounce his last name. He's on the NFL, and Steve Martinez, the quarterback. The two big guns are gone offensively. So um, Carl Durrell and his staff have their work cut out for them. But it's going to be interesting to see how he does and how he makes a transition into college football again as the head coach. Only his second time as a head coach. Uh, first time, as I said, with UCLA. So um, it'll be um, Carl Durrell's time at UCLA. I mean, excuse me, at, at Colorado and see what he can do there in the South Division. They're not they're projected to finish last in the South Division by early uh, early predictions. But we'll see. We'll see how it all, how it all turns out for Carl at Colorado. I think a team that's real interesting to me, I think a if you want to call a surprise team that might be in the 2020 season, if in fact we have a 2020 season with this COVID-19 still hanging over everybody's head is I really like the Oregon State Beavers uh, under the head coach, head coaching of Jonathan Smith. Jonathan Smith, a young and upcoming head coach, he's going into his third year as the Beavers head coach. And ironically enough, wouldn't you know, his record in two years is 7-17 and 17 overall, same as Chip Kelly, 7-17. Seven and 17. But uh, Jonathan Smith made a big improvement from one year, from year one to year two. In his first year, he was two and ten overall, and last year, in his second year, he got up to five and seven, and he finished tied for third place in the North Division, and he was one game away from being bowl eligible. So I think he has a lot of talent, and he's a very fine, upcoming young coach. Um, he's recruited pretty well up there so far in his first two years, and you know he's a local product from home, my home state, from California. He grew up in Glendora, California. He was an outstanding quarterback there at Glendora High School, and he was a four-year starter at Oregon State. As a matter of fact, Jonathan Smith holds the record for Oregon State as far as the best overall win-loss record any Oregon State Beaver team has ever had in their history. In in 2000, when uh, Jonathan Smith was at the helmet quarterback, he led the Beavers to 11-1 season. 11-1 at the time, Dennis Erickson was the head coach, and, and the Beavers were just incredible. They were just outstanding. They almost went undefeated, 11-1. and And as I said, Jonathan Smith was the quarterback then. They went on to beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl that year, 41-9. to So like I said, the man knows how to coach. He's always been on the offensive side of the ball. He's always been either an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach. He knows what he's doing. He's very creative. He, uh, he knows how to get matchups going in his favor. His only concern is going to be if he can con- continue to keep the recruiting going pretty good like he has in the first couple of years. It'll be very interesting to see how the Oregon State Beavers progress. I like him a lot. I like what he's done. And I think he's he, if, any, if any team is a surprise this year in the Pac-12, my, uh, my choice is going to be the uh, Oregon State Beavers. Uh, Jonathan Smith is only 41 years old. He's young. He's hungry. Uh, I think he has a fine, fine future ahead of him. He plays, he's at his alma mater where he played his college football at Oregon State. So uh, he's in a perfect situation there for him. Perfect, perfect situation. And I think it's going to be very exciting to see how he does at Oregon State going forward. As I said, who would have thunk it, right? He has the same win-loss record as Chip Kelly, the renowned Chip Kelly from Oregon. Um, 7-17 and 17 in his first two years at the helm for the Oregon State Beavers. Full. So that's my kind of quick look at the Pac-12 news I find interesting with the two new head coaches in the league, one in the North. Um, 
you know, one in the North Washington State, and Nick Rolovich comes over from Hawaii, and one in the South. Uh, you got、uh, Carl Durrell who comes over from the Miami Dolphins in the NFL for the Colorado Buffaloes, replacing Mel Tucker. So we'll keep an eye out on those、uh, two teams, and、uh, keep an eye out, especially in Oregon State, see how they、uh, they come through for、uh, for the 2020 season. In my predictions. So let's kind of continue on to the.、Uh, State of the UCLA football program as we speak. As I said earlier, under Coach Chip Kelly, it's been、uh, somewhat of a disaster thus far. I mean, let, let's be honest. His first two years, seven and seventeen, he's had a plethora of difficulties with that team. He's had issues recruiting. He hasn't recruited very well at all. He's lost a ton of players、uh, since 2007, November 2017, right before Kelly was hired in December. They have lost over 60 players, 60 players on that roster when, since Kelly has taken over at the helm as the head coach. So that really devastates a roster as far as depth and quality depth, and he really hasn't replaced it with the kind of depth that that he's lost、uh, because of the two losing seasons he's had. Players want to play for winning teams. I、uh, know, and if you, they'll give you one year. His first year when they were three and nine,、uh, the worst season in over 70 years for any football UCLA football team.、Uh, they'll give you that one. But if you lose two years in a row, the next year he was four and eight. It's tough to sell. You got to sell something. You got to sell winning. You can't sell hope two years in a row. You had two year, two losing years. So Chip Kelly's got to get on the winning track. He has to get on the winning track. He's had. A, he is.、Uh, he is in dire need of, of getting this fo- football program going. The Bruin football program has not won a,、uh, had not had a winning season since 2015. 2015, okay, under Jim Mora, when they were eight and five under Jim Mora in 2015.、And、it's been longer for Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly has not had a winning season as a head coach since 2014, when he was the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. He finished the season 10 and six. So it's been a long drought for UCLA football program to get to be on a winning, have a winning year. 2015. It's even been a longer drought for Chip Kelly to have a winning season as a head coach. So、um, the two need to get get on track, and, and UCLA football program cannot get on track unless Chip Kelly gets on track. So needless to say, the patience have running has run its course with UCLA fan base. Very very thin. The wolves are just chomping at the bit, and they're all chomping at the bit at Chip Kelly's door. So、uh, he's got to get his、uh, his ship righted, and he's got to get it righted this year. Especially going into his third year, and then UCLA has just hired a brand new athletic director, Mar-、uh, Martin Jarman, coming over from Boston College. So Chip Kelly is going to be under major scrutiny、um, with the new、uh, athletic director, Martin Jarman. You know,、uh, he did not hire Chip Kelly, so、uh, it's it's, it's going to be、uh, he's going to be under a watchful eye.、Uh, the UCLA football program is is not generated the kind of revenue it, it has in the past. The football program for the past four years, the attendance has just continuously dropped. Started for in the last two years under Jim Mora, and it's continued to get worse under the first two years of、uh, Chip Kelly. So there is a lot of pressure right now for Chip Kelly to get it done and perform. I mean, you know, coming off coming to UCLA with kind of、um, uh, record that he had up up at Oregon, I mean, the fans were just you know any were just crazy hopeful when Chip Kelly was announced as the head football coach. You know, after all, UCLA won out over Florida, who also vied for Chip Kelly's services, but Kelly chose to come to UCLA.、Uh, after all, after all, Kelly had one of the one of the most successful four-year runs in any college football coach ever in a four-year stint when he was at Oregon. You know, Kelly was 46 and seven overall, 33 and three in Pac-12 play. That's phenomenal. Let me repeat that: 33 and three in Pac-12 play. 
His Oregon Ducks played in four straight BCS games. They in and in 2010, and only his second year as the head coach there at Oregon, they came close to winning a national championship against Auburn. Auburn kicked the last second field goal to beat him 22 to 19. But Kelly just had a stellar record at Oregon in his four years there, and so so you can't blame the fans just being out of their mind with excitement and anticipation when Kelly was named the head coach. I mean, the you know Kelly. It, He basically revolutionized college football offenses with his, with his creative thinking and, and his innovative approach. He uh, he just put the college football fans in another world with the kind of up-paced, fast tempo, high-scoring, powerful offenses that he had while he was at Oregon. So people were expecting the same type of offense at UCLA, and and uh, he just hasn't produced it. He, he went he's kept more to an NFL type of offense that's been uh, very disappointing. I mean Kelly in his first year. In, in 2018, in his first year in 2018, Kelly started the season 0 and 5, 0 and 5 from the gate. Now, <laughs> the last time a head football coach at UCLA had a worse record to start the season was in 1943, when uh, the Bruins went 0 and 7 again. Uh, when head coach Edwin Harrell was there, 1943. Okay. That's the last time UCLA was worse than Chip Kelly's first year when he was 0 and 5. So uh, he has had a real rough year, a real rough year, yeah, first couple of years over at UCLA. And like I said, in his first year, three and nine. Heck, the last time uh, a head coach had a worse record than that, than three and nine, was 47 years ago, and from, from 2018, it was in 1971 when Pepper Rogers went two seven and one in his first year. As the head coach at UCLA, so Kelly's just—he's uh, got a, a big mountain to, call, to, to climb, and he's pretty basically dug himself into a hole the way he's coached. He's made some very, very questionable uh, choices on his coaching staff. He's made some questionable uh, choices on starting players, uh, the coaching staff. Now, especially defensively, you know, um, Jerry Azanero has been the defensive coordinator there now, going into his third year. In UCLA's first two years, first two years under De- Azanero's, their defense was terrible. They were pathetic. There's only 131 Division I defenses, and UCLA in, in Azanero's first two years has never finished above 100. I mean, or, or, it's been 100 or worse, not above 100 or worse. They've never been um, anything worse than than anything better than 100. We're talking about anything better than 100. So he's going into his third year, never having any kind of success. And people were clamoring for Chip Kelly to fire Azanero after last year, after another very poor performance defensively, and uh, he didn't. He didn't fire Azanero. He kept him. Not only did he keep him, but for whatever reason, he gave him a raise, which is totally baffling to. Everybody, every everybody in the UCLA family and fan base, they just can't figure that out. Now he has made some changes that hopefully will bring some 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 better production defensively. He's added three new defensive coaches. One last year, Jason Kafusi, who came over from Nevada, so he's been there for one year already as the linebacker coach. He replaced Roy Manning, who went over to Oklahoma. And the two new coaches coming in for this year will be Brian Norwood from Navy. He'll be he'll be the new defensive backfield coach. And he also has some defensive coordinator experience, so that's key. That's very key that uh, he brought on somebody with some, with some defensive coordinator experience. And then the uh, second head coach he hired this year, new one, is Johnny Nansen. 
who had come over from USC, where he was there at, for six years. Outstanding coach, has a great reputation. He was the Pac-12 uh, recruiting coach of the year in 2017. Johnny Nansen was so he comes in with a lot of cred. He's very familiar with the Pac-12 already, having been over at USC for the past six years. So those are two good gets for the Bruins, and um, the Bruin fan base is very hopeful that these these actually three new additions on the defensive side of the ball. Will uh, will bring some change, some some change, some positive change to the defense performance going in, into 2020. Because if that defense doesn't improve, uh, the offense can score 40, 50 points a game, and the defense is going to allow 60 or 70 points a game. They're just they they're just been very, very, very bad under Jerry Asnell's first two years. Offensively, the Bruins are in good stead. I think uh, they have some some talent. They have some quality talent. Uh, they got uh, you know, of course, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson coming back now for his third year at the quarterback position. Uh, he has a has a should have or rather he should have a, a very good grasp of Chip Kelly's offense. And if he can play consistently, if he can if he can uh, you know address his turnover, his his uh, ability to keep the ball in play, uh, he, he can be an effective quarterback. Um, He had a propensity to to have be a turnover machine in his first couple of years, especially last year. He had 12 interceptions, and uh, he was just extremely inconsistent. He would miss a lot of open receivers, wide open receivers, either three feet over their head or three feet wide, or or throw it sometimes even in, in the dirt. So he was extremely inconsistent in his first two years at, as the quarterback uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson was. So he needs to improve with consistency. But other than him, they've they've got some bright spots. I mean, they they got a transfer from Duke at running back position because Joshua Kelly leaves and heads on to the NFL with the Los Angeles Chargers. They are bringing over a kid by the name of Retain Brown from Duke transfer. Uh, Brown, um, his best year at Duke was his redshirt freshman year, where he had over 700 yards and seven touchdowns. But beyond that, he's been injury prone, off and on, off and on with shoulder problems. But if he, when he stays healthy, he's an extremely effective running back. So he could be the answer to the absence and in the, in the, in the departure of Joshua Kelly if he can just stay healthy. Six one, about 205, 210 pounds, has good speed, can run in between the tackles. So there's great hope that he can, if he can stay healthy, he'll be, he could be the answer to uh, to the Joshua Kelly's departure. Of course, they still have Demetric uh, Felton, who was an outstanding player last year. Uh, but Demetric Felton's more of an all-purpose back. He's a he's a guy kind got kind of kid that you want to get in space because of his athletic skills and his speed and his his, his elusiveness. He's not real big physically, so uh, running inside those tackles could be an issue. Uh, but uh, he, nonetheless, yeah, you get him out in space with his speed. And his, he's electric. He, he's a game breaker. So they got uh, you know, Demetric Felton coming back. Of course, Casimir Allen, who has track speed, didn't play a lot last year. Can can break at any time. Can go 99 without getting caught. So he has uh, he has that burst. And then they've got Martel Irby. Uh, who was hurt most of last year? Who, who, all, albeit he's somewhat small, but he can run between the tackles. He's small and compact. Someone like Maurice Drew, Maurice Jones Drew, the former U, great UCLA running back. So um, Martel Irby coming back, and then of course Keegan Jones, the young man from Tennessee, another track star, another track speedster guy, can break at any time. And the big kid who can go between the tackles, who can pound you, who didn't get much playing time at all last year, uh, Jahan, Jamon McClendon is uh, kind of the, the bigger, more powerful running back of, of that bevy of running backs. But the Bruins do have some talent, albeit none of them have any experience except for Patane Brown, the kid from Duke, the transfer. But his the question mark in him is going to be his health, if he can stay healthy. So uh, 
But if, uh, if if he stays healthy and these other kids come through, uh, the Bruins are going to have a very good running back. They're probably going to have a running back by committee because Joshua Kelly had two years. His last two years, both years were over a thousand yards on the ground. Extremely effective. And he said, especially against USC, he's the he is the only Bruin that has the most yards against any USC team in the history of UCLA football against a USC team. He had 289 yards against USC his junior year. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's going to be sorely missed, Joshua Kelly. But like I said, with this bevy of running backs, you know, they can get some some uh, some usage out of these guys. You know, they, they could get a 1,000-yard gainer out of that running back position. Ch- uh, wide receivers, they're loaded. They got excellent talent. They got kids coming back. Chase Cota, the one wide out. Kyle Phillips, who has had an outstanding redshirt freshman year last year, is coming back. Just an outstanding kid with consistency. Uh, and then, of course, the kid who can stretch the defense and, and take them long and, and bust it wide open with his speed is Jalen Irwin. All three young, all three starting uh, receivers will be back this year. Uh, the, the one they'll miss, uh, 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 they're going to miss very much, though, is the t- tight end position. Devin Asiasi leaves early, goes on to the NFL, drafted by the New England Patriots. So that position is going to be up for grabs. They really don't have anybody. The kid that was projected to be the starter, Jordan Wilson, he decided to transfer he headed over to uh, Florida State. And that's been another issue. Bruins have lost under Chip Gilly some extremely talented football players through the transfer portal. I mean, extremely talented. Jordan Wilson's one of them I just mentioned who was projected to be the starter tight end this year. Another kid who was an outstanding player who came in as a true freshman and started until he got hurt. Uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, defensive end, stand-up defensive end. He headed over to Miami. He had he had Theo Howard, who was the Bruins' leading receiver his junior year at, at the wide receiver position. Uh, during spring, his senior year, he hurt his wrist, missed all of spring practice, and basically missed all of his senior season. Got him to play only one game his senior season. Therefore, um, being able to uh, to keep his redshirt year, uh, utilize it. So he utilized it. And he uh, set out his senior year, and he uh, redshirted, and he transferred to Oklahoma. You have Chris Murray. The uh, His fresh started as a true freshman at center and right guard and started as a sophomore, two-year starter at the offensive line position. Outstanding young talent, very, very tough, aggressive, just a, just a, a mainstay on the offensive line. He decides to leave as well. He headed over to Oklahoma, too. So the Bruins under Chip Kelly have lost a lot of quality talent to other teams. It's really hurt the program. Kelly's got to get that thing right. He really does. But um, So going in, going into the season, uh, the Bruins look, you know, a couple issues under Chip Kelly. Uh, the defense still needs to get fixed. If the defense doesn't get fixed this year, uh, I don't care how well the offense is going to do, the Bruins are not going to have a, a successful year. They're not. Now, the, if the defense can play well, and, and and if Dorian Thompson Robinson can play consistently, that's the key. He's got to play consistently. Uh, he can be extremely effective. He's got uh, great athletic skills. He's got a big arm. You know, in all fairness to Dorian Thompson Robinson, though, he uh, when he came over to UCLA, he was recruited as one of the best uh, one of the best um, uh, all-purpose backs in all of college football. Dual threat. Uh, when he came to UCLA, Chip Kelly, for whatever reason tried to convert him to a drop back passer okay and that just hasn't gone well with uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson the conversion has not been very successful so um, 
you know, if he can get more acclimated to that kind of um, that kind of uh, uh, requirement, and if he can hold on to the ball and not make any have any turnovers and, and, and cut down his interceptions, and play with some consistency, the Bruins could have a very effective offense. They have all the tools, they have all all the players on that in that scheme to do well. Now, offensive line is somewhat uh, you know with the departure of Chris Murray and uh, Tagaloa at center. Uh, although uh, Justin Fry, the offensive line coach, uh, offensive coordinator, has done an outstanding job in his two years as the offensive line coach. He has enough of a nucleus and offensive line talent to do well. I think he'll, like he has his first two years, make it up and, 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 and gather together a very effective offensive line. So a lot of question marks going into the 2020 season. That's even if we have a 2020 season because of the COVID-19 situation. And now with all the schedules, they, they've decided to go strictly to an in-conference schedule. The Bruins projected first two games, at least, are going to be in reverse order as they were last year. The Bruins finished last year's season, finishing up with USC and Cal. And the two games, first games this year, if it goes according to plan, are going to be Cal and USC. So that's going to be interesting to see how that all turns out. But uh, that's even if we have a season. This whole COVID-19 has really turned the entire college football uh, season in a, in a, a topsy-turvy situation. So we'll see. But uh, Chip Kelly's got to get it done. Uh, people are going to be are yelling for his head now. And if he uh, does not produce at least a six-game winning season, uh, I think he's gone. Uh, seven games, it will be very good. Eight games will be fantastic. But uh, in that scenario, in that equation, I think I think the Bruins have to beat USC in all three of those equations. So, but I think minimum, the minimum benchmark for Chip Kelly to maintain his job next year will be a six-game win, six-game win season, uh, which will get him boy eligible. But we'll see. We'll see it all turns out. So that's it for me. First, first, first uh, show out of the gate. Like I said, if you want to have a need, have a question for me, shoot me an email. Go to sports page, uh, sports excuse me, sportspack12.com. Go to the mailbag portion. Shoot me your question. I'll get back to you as quickly as possible. So from sportspack12.com, I'm Michael Martinez. Thanks for listening, and uh, please join me again on our next on our next show. Be looking forward to having you join us. Take care and have a great week, everyone.